Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Thank you for pressing play on Your Gift is in Your Healing, the podcast. I am your host, Latreya, the Life Coach, and whether you are new here or a returning listener, know that your presence is appreciated, and I am so grateful that you are here. Now, let's get into this week's episode. Hey, girl, hey, I'm back. Did you miss me? No, really, did you miss me? I missed you guys too, but I needed to take a spring break, which begs me to question, why is it that school-age kids and college kids are the only ones that take a spring break? Why is it that we as adults who work 40, 50 hours a week don't just take a spring break? So that's exactly what I did. I didn't go anywhere yet. Um, Actually, we are packing up to go on vacation for a week. Um, So I will be on vacation. So um, I will be back in full swing the following week with the podcast and my Facebook group and uh, social media posting. Um, So, um, yeah, I will actually get into more detail in the next episode of what I did while I was on my hiatus, um, because I feel like we need to jump right into this week's episode of the podcast, which is aptly titled, I Got You, Sis. Um, But before I jump into that, um, there are two things, two documentaries that I watched on Netflix during my break um, that I want to share with you all. And I urge you to watch these documentaries and support uh, these individuals. Uh, The first one is High on the Hog. Um, And it is a documentary about food, but not just any food, our food, soul food, African-American food, Southern cuisine, African food, and the origin of where our food came from. And so this is starring uh, Stephen Satterfield. He is a chef and a sommelier. I think there's about eight episodes um, and I won't give away all the details of each episode, but I will say the first episode features him um, and Dr. Jessica B. Harris, who used to be the travel editor for Essence back in the 70s, I believe. I actually have her book, My Soul Looks Back, where she talks about her life and um, growing up and and venturing through New York at a pivotal part, um, 60s and 70s, and 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 being in the circles with um, some amazing people, Maya Angelou and um, James Baldwin, and also her love for food. So she has a couple of recipes um, in in that book, which are rich in French and African cuisine. Um, so the first episode shows them in an open air market where she's talking about the staples that our ancestors brought over to them, uh, to the, over to the Americas after they were stolen from um, Africa. And some of those staples are things that we eat um, on a regular basis, black eyed peas, yams, okra, rice, um, things of that nature. So it's a really, really good show. Um, You will need, you will notice some, some similarities and some dishes that they prepare Um, in different areas of the world that we eat um, and that we know like gumbo. I love gumbo and they prepare what they call okra stew, but it's gumbo. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it just shows how we are still connected through cuisine. So I urge you guys to watch that again. It's called High on the Hog, um, eight episodes on Netflix. And then last but certainly not least, Chantrell Lewis, thank you. Thank you for your amazing documentary, Our Mother's Garden, 
which uh, discusses the relationship of black women with their mothers, their grandmothers, their great grandmothers, if they were so privileged to be um, a part of their great grandmother's lives before they passed on. This documentary brought me to tears, but it also brought me to question. Um, it also brought me to um, relate that our ancestors, our the women um, in our lineage endured so much. They endured so much, um, but they couldn't stop because they had to ensure that their children um, were nurtured and taken care of and fed and in their own ways. Because let's be clear, a lot of us have experienced um, our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmothers and some of our aunts as well or older cousins who had this exterior, um, this tough exterior, this strong exterior um, and relating it to being mean, but not understanding that that was their armor, that they had to protect themselves um, in order to continue their journey. Um, and in their perseverance, here we stand. Um, so we are all um, proud women of some strong women who have come before us, who have taught us some lessons. Um, and some of those lessons were um, harsh. Some of those lessons were unhealthy, um, but there were also some very healthy lessons, some very loving things from that. So I urge you all to watch that. Um, they describe it as redefining holistic, um, uh, a holistic journey. Um, and it's really a documentary about soul care. So I, I urge you guys to tune into that. Um, and with that being said, let's get ready to jump into this week's podcast episode. But first, I want to bring you not an affirmation this week, but it's actually a piece that I wrote um, called I See You, Sis. And I wrote this piece as my reaction to the uh, Breonna Taylor verdict or non-verdict, if you want to call it that, um, for the murder of her. And so I wrote this in, as my reaction to that and I wanted to include it in this, this episode, um, and, and I hope you all enjoy it. I see you, sis, trying to hold your head up high and maintain a sense of control, despite the uncontrollable rage burning within. This hurts. It always hurts. We are exhausted and exasperated. We are so many things, too many things. Add unprotected and disrespected to the list. We're tired, tired of dying, tired of diminishing ourselves, tired of crying in silence, tired of having our own backs. We are fed up, rising up, revolting, revolutionizing, reclaiming. I see you, sis, and I got you, cause sadly, no one else does. back from my hiatus and I am back with a um, an amazing podcast episode that I hope you all will enjoy. I hope this podcast episode generates additional conversation within you and your sister circle, um, within you and your tribe. So without further ado, um, this week's podcast episode is called I Got You Sis. And um, my two guests here are women that I have, one, I have known for 10 years <laughs> we met through a mutual friend and we've known each other for about 10 years um and her name is tony shantae and then i have minister eliana who i've known about two years 
Um, but she and I have become really good sister friends. Um, she is somebody that I can confide in, have conversations with. Um, and these two women, I am confident, are going to give us um, some amazing uh, commentary on a topic that I think is long overdue. Um, so I am going to let them introduce themselves um, with their who and who they are and why they are. So let's start first with um, Tony Shante. Yes, first of all, thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm Tony Shante. I am the CEO of Tony Savage Productions. So I am an actress, writer, director, producer, host, um, and I do a lot of film. So um, that's who I am. But my thing, my my model these days is just live your best life. I choose to live my best life daily. I choose to follow my purpose and my passion. And honestly, that's that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me smiling every day. So. Well, thank you, ma'am. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And next we have Eliana, Minister Eliana Bullock, but she does not like to be. <laughs> she is Eliana. You know, sometimes that title comes with some stuff. Yes. But anyhow, thank you so much for having me on. I am so excited to be here. Um, very, very godly needed topic. I am Eliana Bullock. Yes, I am a minister. I'm a wife. I'm a glamma. Hey, hey. Hey, I hey. <laughs> I am also the owner and primary of her next chapter where we work on taking back the pen and writing our own narrative. We work on empowering women to take control of the story of their lives one step at a time. So I'm really excited to be here and I can't wait to get started. Yes. So with that, with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. So the way this conversation or this topic came up, I was actually listening to another podcaster's um, broadcast um, and the conversation came up about one of her friends who had a medical illness but did not tell her friends because she was afraid of being vulnerable or seen as weak. So it made me think, um, have we as women, particularly black women, um, gotten to a point in our lives where we have become so strong and programmed that we have to be strong 24-7 that we're either one- um, be weakening, becoming weak in other areas of our lives, or two, afraid to show weakness because we don't want to um, be judged. So that is the basis of this conversation this evening. So I hope you all um, are ready because here we go. So the first question that I would like to pose to our two guests, um, we as women learn how to be strong from uh, other influences in our life. So the first question to each of you is, who showed you how to be a strong woman? Yeah, I would say, oh, go ahead, Tim. Oh, well, um, I would honestly say my mom. Um, I grew up in a single family home. It's just my mom. Mm -hmm. um, my father wasn't in my life until um, I became an adult. Um and so just seeing her, and, and she had me when she was 19, um, 19, about to turn 20. So she had me fairly young. And when I think about myself at 19, I just like, oh, wow, ma'am. Right. <laughs> Bless you, my love. <laughs> so um, just to see, to see her, you know, as a child, I'm not thinking, but I know she's going to school. You know, she's working late nights. You know, I'm, I'm at this person's house, this person's house, as she's like trying to make sure that 
household is being taken care of. I'm being taken care of. I never wanted for anything. You know, I grew up in Baltimore and I grew up in the city and then we moved out to the county because, you know, she's coming up and up and up. Mm -hmm. And just to see her, her work ethic and her hustle, it's just like, yeah, like, I'm trying to be like her, you know what I mean? Like never wanting for anything, never letting her child want for anything, making sure that, you know, her child is going to a good school, getting a good education. There's a roof over her head, clothes over her back. Like to me, I'm like, okay, that's strength. So that to me is what is your foundation. A your strong woman looks like that's, yeah, that's my foundation. And Eliana. Yeah, I you know I have the same experience, but a little different. Um, I was raised by strong women, very strong women in my family. Um, these women battled um, cancer, they battled other diseases, they battled drug addiction, they battled domestic violence and other types of violence, and they they you know they battled it. And they were most of them were single moms. I will say they taught me how to be strong, but I think the, the challenge in that was they didn't teach me strength. And I think strong and strength are two different things. So I think um, I, do, I did learn how to be strong from the women in my family, but I did not learn strength from all of the women in my family. Yeah, and it's a, there's a difference. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's a difference. That's a good point. Yeah, um, and in my family, um, who I saw as the female role models were my great aunts on my mother's side of the family, on my maternal side. Um, there were men present, but the men were not who you looked at as being in charge. Uh, the men were secondary to to the women on my, you know, and that and I say my mother's side of the family because that was the primary influence. That was the family that we were around all the time. So, you know, most of the time, so we, I got to get examples of different things from those women. Um, and so like, you know, like you mentioned, it may, it wasn't healthy. They didn't show me strength. They showed me how to be strong in the sense that, um, no matter how hurt, broken and defeated you feel, you push through because the children have to be fed. The house has to be taken care of. The men have to be tended to and things needed to be done. So in teaching me how to be strong, they also taught me um, how to deny my own feelings in order to make other people, you know, in order to satisfy other people. And, and that, was, that was very unhealthy and actually, you know, created the foundation and the blueprint for being in relationships with people where I, you know, swallowed my pride and swallowed my emotions to see them happy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a double-edged sword. You know, we see them go through things, and um, I don't know if either one of you watched uh, in her mother in our mother's garden on Netflix. I have not yet. That I watched it the other weekend, and I had no idea of the court the connection that it would have with this podcast episode. But it's just, it's basically women from different walks of life who are talking about the their ancestors and their elder females in their families and what they went through. And a lot of them were like, they showed us how to be strong because that's they had no choice. Like, that's the only thing they could do is, is be strong. And, you know, we had grandmothers and mothers battling depression 
And, you know, we didn't know what depression looked like. They didn't know what depression looked like. But at the end of the day, they knew that they got to get up and go get money to feed these kids. Or they got to get up and do what's necessary to take care of this house. So if you haven't seen it, I urge you to watch it. Get some tissues because it is very deep. It is very emotional. But it is very powerful at the same time. It, it really is. Um, and so with that being said, so we know who taught you to be strong. Who taught you to silence yourself? That would be me. <laughs> I was the best teacher in the world of how to silence myself. Mm -hmm. um, I think my best lesson of being silent was in my family, the women were strong, so they moved, they did stuff. And so the children that made the loudest noise, which were, you know, my brothers and my cousins who needed so much attention because they were acting out, the strong women had to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And because they had to deal with that, it left me unattended in a sense. And I don't mean like my well-being, like food, clothing, shelter, but I mean like the nurturing that a girl needs to feel empowered and the nurturing that a girl needs to feel like she's valued and her thoughts are valued and she her dreams are valuable and real. Right. They didn't they couldn't give me that because they were so busy paying attention to them that I learned that my speaking didn't matter, so I learned to be silent. The problem with that is I carried that into my adulthood. Yep. Being silent. And I became such of an extreme introvert that um, what you saw on the outside was only things that I thought I wanted, so you, I always placated. I always ego-stroked. I, I, you know, that's what I did because those are the things I wanted. In essence, I was, I was still silent. Because I wasn't saying true, I wasn't speaking truth, I wasn't, you know, speaking light, I was just speaking what I was Right. So I taught myself to be silent. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. And I, and I did um, the same thing too. Uh, being yeah. the middle child and you have an older brother who is always acting up and then you have a younger sister who's spoiled and always wants attention. And even though I was excelling in school and I got all these wonderful accolades and Latreya is so smart and she needs to be skipped and go from this grade to the next. Even when I got home, there was no, yes, I'm so proud of you. Let's celebrate you. It was help your brother with his homework. Your sister needs help with her homework. And then when I'm done cooking, make sure the kitchen is clean. It's like, wait a minute. Did you not hear all the wonderful things that I did? Like, you don't want to hear about my day. No, because I have to now do this and this. So eventually I got to a point where, like you, well, ain't no need for me to say nothing. I'm just going to stop talking because you're not paying me any attention anyway. So now I'm going to be silent. But that silence also drove me to go elsewhere where I could be heard and not necessarily in a good way. You know, the drug dealer boy. Oh, you cute. You want to go grab something to eat? Yeah, I'm going to go eat. Let's talk. And you listening to me sliding me $20, $30, and I'm 15, 16 years old, laying up with you and you in your 20s, knowing I don't have no business doing that. You know what I'm saying? But you were you were listening to me. You were listening to me. So definitely being being in that, in that household and in that structure, in that situation, definitely taught me to silence myself.
Were there other black women in the workplace or were you the sole black woman in the workplace? You know, and that that anger, that hatred and anger stems from a very deep place. Um, and 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 you know, it's sad. And you both are very intelligent, very smart women, and we know where this behavior and this mentality started from. Back in the days, in the slave field, in the fields, you know, I don't want you to get nothing more than me. We we you you gonna stay down here with me. You're not going to move beyond me and go to the house. And I'm gonna make sure of that. And it you know it's it's just disheartening that even in 2021 
that we as women have not learned that we can get farther reaching back to help one another up than we can putting up these barriers and making everybody climb over like we are so much stronger together than we are you know apart and you know i'm glad that we you know we and and the tribes that we um represent on this episode understand that you know and and hopefully more women will understand that that we're not in competition you are my sister and i want to see you win and I hope you want to see me win. Like there, there's enough room at this table for everybody to eat. You know, <laughs> we can get together and go build our own table. That's right. If there's not enough room at this table, I'm going to take my sisters with me from this yeah. table, and we're going to go build our own. Oh, we don't have yeah. to sit at these tables that don't appreciate all of who we are when we sit yeah. down. No, no. We come as a whole black woman, a whole black woman. Right. You want to accept all of who I am, or I'm gonna pack my little self up and get my little sit down, a little Starbucks cup, and I'm out the door. Right. Yeah. But I shouldn't have to say that to a sister. She and right. I should be walking out together. Right. You would think. You would think. But I think that kind of goes back to the difference between strength and being strong. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I feel like when you when you know the difference, especially when it comes to strength, that's extending that olive branch and understanding that, that we're, we're a force together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you would be strong, okay? But don't be angry strong. Recognize that we can we can, we can can be strength in numbers and do this together, but I guess you got to understand what the difference is. Yeah. You do, because strong, you're doing something. And that, that's fine. But strength, you are being something. Right. So yeah. as, a, as a black woman of strength, I am being a safe place for other black women. I am being the catapult for other black women. I am being the opportunity for other black women that's a being thing and you know that i think that's the challenge and like i said i was raised by strong black women but you know my mother in her latter years she did teach me strength she taught Mm -hmm. me that i bring all who i am everywhere that i go no matter like it or not but see the problem was it was a long time when i first needed to hear it and so I had to go through a lot of wounds. So then it came to the unlearning, and that's why I'm going to have my company because we got to unlearn this stuff. Yeah. We have yeah. to the onion back. But you're right. It's the strong and the strength. I want a room of black women that have strength. It may have taken you to be strong to get there, but for us to sustain it or for yeah. us to build on it, we got to have strength. We got to have strength. We do. Well yeah, we're, yeah, very well said. And so this one, this was not one of the questions, but. I think um, we as black women tie our ability to be strong with what we can give people, um, our work ethic. Um, strong. I'm the strong woman in my house. I take care of my house. Like we tie our ability to be strong with a phys- with with a verb. It's it. You know. It's we have to be doing something to show that we're strong because if we're not constantly moving and we're not constantly completing a task, then we're weak. You know, and, and, and you know, it, it takes strength to say, I need to, I'm weak in this moment, or I'm having a moment yeah. of weakness. That takes strength yeah. to say, hey, sis, I need help right now. You know, yeah. um, I, I need, I'm not in a space where I can breathe and I need my sister to rub me on my back and tell me it's going to be okay so I can breathe. Um, and I think that's one of the major obstacles that we 
as black women have to overcome. We have to stop tying what we can do to other people, like saving Atlanta and saving the vote. <laughs> like we're, we're celebrated once we, you know, when we have done something to help other people, why can't we just be celebrated for just showing our strength? You know, and sh why can't we be celebrated for that? We don't have to, we, we shouldn't have to save the world. You know, we, we, we got to work on saving us. We can't, we can't worry about saving the world. We got to save us, you know, and, and I think we have to, it's, it's going to take a different group of women to create that atmosphere to say, sis, you can take your cape off over here. <laughs> you know, you can, you can take your cape off. You don't need to be a superhero. We are all here to support and uplift each other. Um, so this was an off-the-cuff question, but how do we um, communicate that to our sisters, to our tribe, and say, and, and, and let them know this is a safe space? Because, you know, we can very easily say, my friend knows that she can call me. She knows that she can call me and, and talk about anything. But do they really know that? You know, and how do we let them know in a you know in a loving way that this is a safe space like you can come here you're welcome here without them feeling as though we're gonna take what they told us and go run and tell the next person so that's a good question yeah. i'm finding myself these days um because i feel like i've, I've gone through things to get to a point where i i see the difference in my strength um a lot of and, and it took a lot of vulnerable moments to be in vulnerable moments to realize that i do have strength and so now when i'm amongst my sister it's important for me to make sure that i come with love if that makes sense mm -hmm. I, I i'm gonna speak you know I, if i enter i'm gonna always speak i'm gonna always reach you as my sister, my queen, whatever, because I need you to know that I come with love. And then I notice once I do that automatically, barriers are kind of let down. Right. Because it's mm -hmm. like, okay, I see that this sister comes in peace. She's not here, like, you know, sizing me up, you right. know? So I just feel like if we can, it's a mindset too, but if we can enter a space and it's genuine, and you know that this person is genuinely coming here out of love, I think that's where it starts, where people, our sisters will feel more comfortable and, and, and feeling comfortable that this is a safe space. But yeah. a lot of people are not there yet. Yeah. They're not. Like, you talk, it, 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 it's still a competition. Yeah. Their it's egos, still, their know, egos okay. enter the room before they do. And you can feel it, like you can, you you can feel that that energy, yeah. And it, yeah, and it just comes to a point where we just have to understand again that we're not each other's enemies, you know. Like you said, you're coming from a place of love. We want to be able to embrace um, and uplift those who want to be embraced and uplifted. Now, I'm not going to force myself to empower and uplift you if you made it known that that's not what you want. I respect that, but I'm going to go where my energy. And, and and where you know and where where my platform is desired um and so you know I think it's just a matter of just trust learning to trust each other um learning to trust your sister learning to trust just just be learning to trust us and I think you know 
I will say over the past year, this pandemic, this shutdown has caused a lot of people to internal do an internal audit <laughs> of who they are. <laughs> I think for me, I think the most important thing we can do, and this is going to come off wrong when I first say it, so bear with me. Stop validating each other. Because when you don't provide that validation in your circle, they feel devalued. Yeah. You know I will love on you, sis. I'm going to empower you. I will enjoy this safe space with you for you to determine your own value. But I'm not going to validate you. You got enough people in the world determining if you work or you're not. I'm not going to get that from my sister circle. You know, my village, nah. The most I will say is, baby, let's do this. You want to do something, let's do it. If the whole thing flails, we're going to laugh up a glass of wine and go try something else. At no point am I going to say, you are the most amazing woman in the world. I will say what you're doing is awesome. I will say your dream, your thing. But the problem is, when we get into that space that our sisters validate us, then if one of our sisters, like if you were to step to me and say, E, you're wrong. What you just did is absolutely wrong. I now feel like you're taking away that value. That validation, we're taking the way, man. But yeah. and that goes back to that's and not, you know we speak real here. That's the house nigga and the farm nigga. You know yeah. you determine yeah. that that person is valued as that, and this person is valued as that. And what did we all do? We rallied around that. So when yeah. high yellow women yeah. have been held in tight regard until about the nineties, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, like the craziness, but it's all about value. And we go into our villages to value us. to be strong 24-7 has weakened us in any way as black women. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's without a doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. Being strong 24-7, first of all, that means you're doing it. You don't yes. take time to really determine what you're feeling and what you're being. And not being vulnerable is not a strength. That's a weakness. Yes. So if you are strong 24 hours a day, then you're not being vulnerable. You're not in tune to yourself, and you're probably not in tune to other people around you either. Exactly. We're just moving forward and doing. And that's not, you know, this this panel right here, that's not what we're about. We're not yeah. about doing. We're about impact. We're about change. We're about empowerment. You know, right. possibilities, dreams, not just doing. And I think when you feel like you have to be strong 
you're a lot you're not allowing yourself to have certain experiences because you're you're building these walls and these barriers so when you're actually put in that situation you don't know how to handle it because you never allowed yourself to actually experience it and that's where that vulnerability comes in to be able to learn and like okay this is how i feel this is how i need to move forward so i can see the light at the end of the tunnel right and I think it's unfortunate because some people just don't know how to feel. They don't know how to respond and react in certain situations mm-hmm. because they think being strong, you know, is the route the route to take. And it's just like, well, baby girl, that may have that may not been the best action for you to respond in that situation. Right. So, I, yeah, I, I, it, it's unfortunate. Yeah. So tying into that, are we? We talked about vulnerability. Are we as women afraid to show vulnerability? Or why are we afraid of showing vulnerability? I mean, and that comes with growth. Yeah. It comes with growth, man. You know what I mean? If you were talking to me at 20 years old, I'm vulnerable. I'm like, oh, that's for the week. You know, I'm strong. I'm this, I'm that. You know, I I didn't know any better. I thought being strong really was something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But now, you know, two snaps, I'm almost 38. It's just like, it's okay. It's no rules. Said it meant weakness. Yeah. It's like, damn, but you can you can feel. It's okay. It's okay yes. to have a moment to just be with yourself and, and really feel what's going on and learning from it. You know, so that if you experience it again, you know how to respond. Yeah. If some if your sister experiences it, you know how to be there yeah. and strange with her. Yeah. You know? I I'm okay with it, but I will say I do, I choose who I'm going to be vulnerable around. I I, I have that right to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I I need to be able to trust that you have my best interest in heart when I am down to my bare soul with you. Yes, because we all have been burned. (laughs) (laughs) Being vulnerable with those that, you know, weren't so loving and open. Yeah, they did. They deserve it. They deserve vulnerability. That's what vulnerability, that is that is like gold. We need to understand that is the most valuable asset we can have is the ability to bear all. And to be able to open it up and dig through it and learn from it. And like you said, you gotta you gotta be able to do that to embrace life. Right. If not, you are gonna miss so much of an opportunity to actually see the people that will be your village, to see the people that are in your corner. You won't see them. And I do agree, you gotta choose who you're vulnerable with. Yes. The only time that I don't choose who I'm vulnerable with. If it's for a certain mission, so say for instance, I'm speaking out about um, uh, uh, molestation. I'm going to tell my story, and I'm going to tell it all because I need that to stop. And that's sort of such a grand scale that when I do talk about it on a grand scale, yeah. you know, that's it. But those moments, those moments when we, you know, like when we breathe and it hurt, and when we cry and the tears won't stop, mm-hmm. and when our soul aches, yeah, I got, I know, I need to know that I got a real barrier around me. Yeah, and, that comes out. and we don't have that because a lot of women don't know how to be vulnerable. Therefore, they don't know how to be there with you, like you said, with their sister in their vulnerability. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it does take time, and it's sad because when you see little kids, the little little ones, if one of them starts crying, the other one automatically starts crying. Mm-hmm. 
we're able to meet them in that space without being taught. So we're taught somewhere along the line. Yeah, it's wrong. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's why we have to, you know, work. It, to be comfortable yeah. with it. it comes from that big girls and big boys don't cry. Wipe your face. Cry. Yeah. 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 Big, big, I, know, I was told yeah. that a lot growing yeah. up. Oh, I definitely yeah. So it's just like, suck that up and put your big girl drawers on. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, <laughs> with your lip quivering, try to catch your breath. <laughs> but yeah, that comes, that's that, that's that. You know, that learned behavior, big boys and big girls don't cry. Wipe your face and go back outside. Like, not a moment to to break, to break be allowed to break down because you skinned your knee or be allowed to break down because you fell off your bike. Okay, you fell off your bike. So what? The world does not stop because you fell off your bike. Brush your knee off, go put a little Band-Aid on it and go back outside and stop crying before I give you something to cry for. That part. <laughs> Right, and so those those little things when when we're younger, you know, we didn't think about the impact that those things would have on us as adults. It's like, okay, so what? They made you mad at work. Okay, wipe your face and go sit back at your desk and get over it. You'll be fine. You know. Okay, relationships are hard. Y'all got in an argument. It's okay. Just just go and 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 fix it. Like that that that's where our um. It, that's where we were started that programming of not being vulnerable and not, you know, crying and, you know, and, and, and so that's why as a, as a, as a parent, I made sure, and, and this problem, it bothered my mother to, to, to no end. My children were allowed to voice their opinions of how they felt, whether it hurt my feelings or not. They were little humans, which means they were people with feelings and if I hurt your feelings, you have the right to come and tell me, mommy, you said this and it hurt my feelings. And that was not teaching them to be disrespectful because some people took that as, are you teaching them to talk back and be disrespectful? No, I'm teaching them to use their voice. I'm teaching them to use their voice. And so even now as adults, like my, my youngest son, sometimes it's like, oh my God. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I already said I was sorry. I don't know what else you want. I said I was sorry. So, you know, but we, you know, I think we have to make sure that we communicate to them that to our children, even as adults that, and especially our women, it's okay. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's a, it's okay to say I need help. It's okay to sometimes just want, if you want to just sit and cry and you don't know what you're crying for, but you just feel like crying, cry. Just cry. It Just cry. Just let it go. That does not make you weak. That does not make you strange. That does not make you sad. That makes you human. And we are allowed to feel all the feels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And only in that in that instance, in that way, as you mentioned, um, Tony's is that's how we learn how to deal with those things, and that's how we learn how to manage those things. Is let them come up. Let them come up. And, and and work your way through them. If you got to breathe through them, if you got to journal through them, if you got to pray through them, meditate through them, work your way through them because they're going to come up again. In some way, shape, form, or fashion, they are going to come up again. Absolutely. Good or bad. Yes. They come back bad. It's rough. Yes. Turns into rage. <laughs> right. not pretty. But it, like I said, it takes growth because, like, I, I, I 
not similar experiences, but like similar experiences where um, I have reacted differently in my 20s. And now in my 30s, I'm like, oh, okay, I know how to handle this. I know how to handle myself. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I know how to navigate through this. And it, it amazes me because, like, I work with this this lady who's in her 40s. And she's like, you know, I'm learning a lot from you because I don't see how you was able to respond. I said, girl, it's growth. It's called growth. Yes. You know what I mean? That's all it is. But you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable and, and deal with those emotions so that when it comes back again, not, they you know how to deal with it. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. You're able, to, you're able to embrace all of you. Yep. Like, as we get out of us, the rest don't matter. Like, you you came at me in my 20s, you could get it. But right. you come at me now, realistically, I'm like, oh, what's going on? Why are you talking about what you said about today? Right. Like, and they get real pissed off there. But I'm really asking, you know, you yeah. okay? You're popping off at me, and I ain't doing anything to you. I'm in a different place now. Because yes. I realize, because I'm able to be vulnerable. One of your favorite, one of my favorite phrases of yours is, I'm not going to dance with you on that. for me of my growth is those daggone Facebook memories today i said oh i know what that was Woo! that was a hot mess express and i am so glad that i have grown beyond that and i can now delete this post because i do not need this reminder anymore <laughs> yes they are no yeah. But That's then, why I keep my journals. I'll go back to my journals from like five years ago. Girl, I'm like, what were you doing, girl? <laughs> <laughs> but life. <laughs> life. We were going yeah. through life. We were going we were going life. through our caterpillar period. <laughs> yeah, yes, honey. Yeah. Yeah. We we were going yes. Yes, we were going through that. So we, yes, yes. Oh yeah, it's 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 ever changing. We are going to continue to change and evolve, um, which is a good a good thing because I'm glad that I'm not that person, you know, today, um, because that would be a hot mess. Like I would be, I would look at myself as one of those loving hip hop reality TV stars. Like the, those women are not my uh, yardstick of what I use to measure womanhood by, but. 
had it yeah. not been for growth and maturity, th that's who I would be, you know. And so, but for the grace of God and knowing and understanding that that's not for me, that generated the growth to an understanding that, number one, everybody's not your enemy. Everything does not deserve a response. Um, <laughs> everybody. And exactly. Yes. No, with no explanation. Right, and you don't have to be strong in every situation. Sometimes no. you can just take a step back and sit back. Let them all be strong. Right. You know? <laughs> that is the thing. That's, that's what strength is. Y'all yeah. got to get it. Yeah. I'm good. I've done that so many times this year. I, I'm, I'm really good over here. Right. <laughs> yeah. You want a part of this? No, not at all. No. As I sip my tea. Right. right. <laughs> No, because more than likely y'all gonna try to pull me back down in there anyway. Right. I don't. Mm -mm. Let me see how y'all get out first. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be in your process. I'll learn from your process. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll learn what mine is not to step on because I'm not doing that with you. No. Facts. No. <laughs> facts on facts on facts. <laughs> so the last question, because I know Miss Tonise has to get ready for her radio show. We talked about vulnerability and how um, how we all can, you know, learn how to be a, more vulnerable and then come to places of vulnerability. So where do you find is the best place for you to go to be vulnerable? Is it in, internally or do you have a su support system or an accountability partner that allow, that you can go to to be to be vulnerable? Um for me I really have gotten into meditation um and then prayer like mm -hmm. they're two separate things for me but I'm, I are. really really am into it and so that's my time to release let go and really it, it's above me now and turn it over to God <laughs> you know what I mean? it's above me absolutely right and then I do have a village of like really good trusted friends that I, I, I just trust them with with just bearing my soul to not being judged, getting the real though, you know, don't sugarcoat right. anything for me now. They're really giving me the real, but like really feeling like this is a safe space. Right. So it, it's both. It's both. Okay. And Eliana? Yeah. Um, for me, it's definitely prayer. I, I treasure my time with God. Oh my goodness. I treasure my time with God. Um, because it's a two-way conversation yeah so that's that's my space outside of that is actually my wife but the unique thing is we have this thing where we say we're talking as friends now we're not talking as wives and when we talk as friends we bear all i mean like that's my best my good girlfriend judy that's my good girlfriend ronnie <laughs> like we talk about everything and even each other we could talk about stuff with each other and stuff at that moment and then when we put back on our wife hat, all of that has to stay over there. Right. So it, it, it's, it really is my time with God and then my time with my best friend wife, you know. Hey, Ronnie girl. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A while ago. Yep. And, and mine is a combination of everything. Um, I have, <clears throat> within the past year, learned how to embrace my spirituality more. 
Um, and I will definitely say that meditation and journaling and prayer um, is absolutely my my place to go to be vulnerable. And actually, so <laughs> I have started just dancing now. That's my like I I have a, a what I call my yoga soul playlist on YouTube music. Um, and I come in in the office slash my my zen den um, a couple of times a week. And when I feel like um I can feel that pot starting to boil, I would just throw on my playlist. Um, put on my dance clothes and my waist beads and burn my sage and I just go. I just go and that allows me through music to just express what it is I need to express. There have been times where I have danced and just ended up on the floor in a ball in tears, but I needed that release. I needed that release. Um, and definitely meditation. Eliana, you know I'm... <laughs> Numbchuck, numbchuck, yes. (laughs) So definitely meditation, definitely prayer. Um, I have really gotten to a place in my life within the last year and a half where I have allowed myself to be vulnerable to talk to God. Whereas before, it's like, um, I I feel honest, that honest, raw conversation. Yes. Yes. That you can have. Yes. That you can have. You can fuss, you can cry. Yes. God made you. Yes. Oh, those are the best conversations. Yes. yes. Sometimes I say, are you sick? Like, really? Really? <laughs> Yes. Yes. And then, yeah. And then more so than being vulnerable to talk to God, being vulnerable to receive what he's, what I'm getting from God. Um, because I can talk to God all day long and shut it off and be like, all right, one side of conversation that's done, but being able to remain vulnerable and open to receive those messages and receive those responses. And then knowing that, okay, this is meant for me. And I now have to put these things into action. So I, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's, and then going internally and then my wife, God bless her. And it's, it's very rare because she's so used to seeing my strength that when I do have a moment of vulnerability, she's like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, what happened? You okay? Let me rub you on your back. Like so, she's learned. She too is learning how to be a safe space for me to be vulnerable because that's not something that she's used to. So I I applaud her for for really making herself, um, trying to make herself my vulnerable space. So. <laughs> So before we, yes. Yeah, so before we wrap up, I want you all to give me what is going on with you next, and of course your social media handle so people can follow you and get in contact with you. Um, Tonys, I know you have to run, so I will let you go ahead and go first. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what am I doing? Um, you can catch me every Thursdays on Keeping It Real with the Grammar Radio. Um, it's from the table. Um, check out my YouTube page, Tony Evans Productions. Uh, coming Monday, Memorial Day, I'm releasing my first episode for Sketchy Shit Show. It's an offbeat show. And then I also have a... Um, a suspense thriller um, called The Dark Horse that I'm working on. So I'm, I'm coming out with a project, so be sure that you subscribe to my YouTube page. 
Absolutely. I'm excited. Shoot, I'm excited about that. I guess. Go to the side. I'll be there, honey. Wait, are are your dating um episodes still on YouTube? Yeah, they, and it still sucks. It's still on there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going. I'm going to watch. I was I'm about to say to you have to start with the with the dating episodes, and they are absolutely hysterical. Absolutely hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to, and I will. I will. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> the <best>. Yes, <laughs> Eliana, what you got going on next? Honey, so no. <laughs> I have a Rising Queens workshop. I'm going to work with some young women. And um, I'm going to work with them on all aspects of empowering themselves. So, you know, with life coaching, um, breathing techniques, journaling, and just general empowerment. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get really excited about that. And then I'm going to work on actually being consistent with my podcast. <laughs> consistency is not my best friend so I'm going to work on being consistent you can find me on her next chapter on Facebook and Instagram H-E-R-N-X-T and the name of the podcast is and then there's that <laughs> that's the name of the podcast I love it, I love and it. then there's that yeah, well I just want to say thank you both so much for taking time out of your busy day to dedicate to my little corner of the internet. I absolutely appreciate you both. I am so grateful to know you and to have you in my sister circle. Um, thank you. <laughs> this this thank was you great. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and we have... Thank you for having you, Eliana. Yes. Nice to meet you, too. I can't, I'm going to jump on and get on your radio show right now. <laughs> How amazing was that episode, y'all? I'm so glad you guys tuned in. I'm so thankful to um, Eliana and Tony Shantae for being guests on this episode. And my apologies. I noticed that there were some glitches, some uh, some glitches in there. The devil tried it, but we made it happen nonetheless. So just in case you missed it, Tonisa's new show premieres on YouTube on May 30th, and it's called A Sketchy Shit Show. Okay. Um, you can also catch her on social media on Instagram. You can find her at Tony underscore Shantae and that's Tony T O N I underscore C H A U N T A Y. And that's on Instagram. And then on Facebook, you can find her at Tony Shantae, the real Tony's. And that's how you follow her on Facebook. She also, because this woman is busy, y'all, okay? This queen is busy. She also has a radio show called um, on Keeping It Real Underground Radio, which is an app. And her show is called From the Car to the Table. And last but certainly not least, she has a suspense thriller coming up called The Dark Ward. So you guys make sure you follow her. An amazing queen that just has some amazing things going on. Y'all know how to follow me at Latreya the Life Coach on both Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to go over to YouTube and turn that bell on for me as well. Latreya the Life Coach on YouTube. You guys have an amazing week. I will see you all next week. Be blessed and I will talk to you later. Bye.